Garrison Hardy stepping in for Pastor Toby on the Cross Politic Daily News Brief for Tuesday, June 21st, 2022. Today, I'll be covering the wokeification of the U.S. military. That's great. China is en route to having four aircraft carriers. Not a good combination. Federal stimulus program costs taxpayers $850,000 per job saved. Steady fines. And we check in on my favorite topic, sports. But first, let's stop and take a moment to talk about Fight, Laugh, Feast club membership. By joining the Fight, Laugh, Feast army, not only will you be aiding in our fight to take down secular and legacy media, but you'll also gain access to content placed in our club portal, such as past shows, all of our conference talks, exclusive content for our club members that you won't be able to find anywhere else. Lastly, you'll also get discounts to our conferences. So, if you've got 10 bucks a month to kick over our way, you can sign up now at flfnetwork.com slash product slash fight, laugh, feast, club. Again, that's flfnetwork.com slash product slash fight, laugh, feast, club. U.S. military marches in front of pride flag. No American flag in sight. Hmm. This is from the Post Millennial. The official Twitter account for U.S. Air Force recruiting posted a photo on June 17th of several cadets jogging while one in the back held the LGBT pride flag with no American flag to be seen. Pride in all who serve, the post read, accompanied by a rainbow flag emoji. The representation of America's elite flying warriors serving under a flag other than the flag of the United States raises some doubts and some about the priorities held by current military leadership. <laughs> you think? The photo and the substitution of the pride flag for the American flag prompted jeers from Twitter, including a comment from Navy vet and human events dailies Jack Posobiec, who joked, Quote, the Air Force has switched allegiance, and here I thought the Navy would be first to go. End quote. Well, more on that in a moment, Jack. Uh, but first, the Air Force's embrace of progressive politics has translated into a number of public initiatives that have left people raising similar concerns as the ones surrounding the absentee American flag. In March 22, for example, the Air Force celebrated Transgender Day of Visibility and, as the Post Millennial reported then, cited President Biden's initiatives as a reason that they believe gender identity is part of their purview. The trend continued into April when the Air Force promised to create a safe space for cadets to share perspectives. In May, a U.S. Air Force base in Germany canceled a scheduled Drag Queen story hour after an expose from the post-millennial. Thank you, post-millennial. The questioning of the prioritization of progressive initiatives by the U.S. military comes on a series of notable blunders from top military officials such as critical race theory fan General Mark Milley. Milley failed to predict the fall of Afghanistan and undermine former President Trump, telling China he would warn them if the U.S. planned to attack. How is that not treason again? I digress. The United States Air Force also recently lowered their fitness standards again in a move that's happening across all branches of American military. Speaking of which, let's shift focus to the Navy. The Navy is training its members to create a safe space by using proper gender pronouns in a new instructional video modeled after a children's show. Hi, my name is Johnny and I use he, him pronouns. Hi, and I'm Kanchi and I use she, her pronouns. And we're here to talk about pronouns. pronouns. What is a pronoun? A pronoun is how we identify ourselves, 
apart from our name, and it's also how people refer to us in conversations. Using the right pronouns is a really simple way to affirm someone's identity. It is a signal of acceptance and respect. If it's a signal of acceptance and respect, how do we go about creating a safe space for everybody? That's a good question. A really good way to do that is to use inclusive language. Instead of saying something like, hey guys, you can say, hey everyone, or hey team. Yeah, and now that you say that, another way that we could show that we're allies and that we accept everybody is to maybe include our pronouns in our emails or like we just did, introduce ourselves using our pronouns. But what would I do if I uh, misgender someone? I think the first thing to recognize is that it's not the end of the world. You correct yourself and move on, or you accept the correction and move on. The most important thing I can tell you is do not put the burden of making you feel good about your mistake on the person that you just misgendered. Oh, thank you for telling me that. Yeah, and another tip uh, for you to remember their uh, pronoun next time, it's in your mind, kind of go through a progression of three good things about the person using their pronoun. So let's say the person chooses to use they, mm -hmm. then you will in your mind go, they have a nice shirt, they have a nice smile, they are really smart. So that kind of sticks in your brain. That is so helpful. Um, I want to know, what would I do if I want to know someone's gender identity or pronouns? The most important thing is do not pressure anybody into giving you their pronouns. Some people may be going through the process of discovery and they are not ready yet to tell you what their pronouns are, and that's okay. So I should just lead with my pronouns and they may follow or not, and if they don't, then I can just continue to use gender neutral language. Yes, exactly. Oh my gosh. Lord have mercy. The official training video is meant to emphasize the quote, importance of using correct pronouns as well as polite etiquette when you may not be sure of someone's pronouns, according to the Navy, which late last month published the video online. The Defense Visual Information Distribution Service touts the video as an official U.S. Navy video posted by Air Force Staff Sergeant John Venucci. The video is the latest bid by the military to foster a more sensitive environment for its members and staff. The Army mandates similar gender identity training and trans officers on when to offer subordinates gender transition surgery, the Washington Free Beacon reported in March. These programs are part of a larger push by the Biden administration to make the military more welcoming to transgender individuals. The nearly four-minute Navy video emphasizes how members can create a safe space for their colleagues by using inclusive language that signals that they are allies who accept everybody. The service members must take these steps to ensure they do not misgender someone. The Navy also warns staff against pressuring an individual to disclose his or her gender pronouns, saying that colleagues may still be in the process of discovery and not yet ready to provide this information. Oh my gosh! Whew. I I have no no further words. I I can't. Let Let's shift our focus overseas as China is apparently on its way to having four aircraft carriers. Based on that last article I just went through, isn't that comforting? China says its military buildup in the last several years is part of its peaceful rise. One aspect of this strategy is shipbuilding, particularly the construction of modern aircraft carriers like the Type 003 Fujian 
which just launched in Shanghai on June 17th. The Type 003 is similar in scope to the American Ford and Nimitz class, but the new carrier is conventionally powered, not nuclear. So what is next for China's defense industry? Perhaps it's the Type 004, which could be China's first nuclear-powered flat top. This means that Beijing wishes to operate its navy worldwide in a true blue water fashion someday. While the Type 3 will need a few years of sea trials, and it's not clear when the testing will commence, this is still an impressive development for People's Liberation Army Navy, or PLAN. It potentially allows up to three carrier battle groups that can be deployed in the East and the South China Sea to put fear into Taiwan, Japan, and South Korea. The Type 4 is up next. They have, there, there have been clues that planned aircraft such as the 5th generation FC-31 Falcon, the Jir Falcon, and the J-15 Flying Shark carrier-based fighters were seen on satellite imagery training for flight deck operations. This could mean the stealth FC-31 could fly from a carrier someday and be a mainstay on a fourth plan carrier. China naval analysts, according to the South China Morning Post, revealed that construction on the Type 04 would combine breakthrough technologies, perhaps nuclear propulsion. SCMP's Minnie Chan wrote that shipbuilders and ship propulsion engineers are keen on making a significant breakthrough with the construction of the fourth carrier, a source close to the Chinese Navy said. It will be a technological leap for the shipbuilding industry, but construction may take longer for its sister ship due to the different propulsion systems." End quote. Chan unveiled another source who said the China State Shipbuilding Cooperation is to use nuclear power for the fourth carrier. China already has nuclear-powered submarines. The plan has 12 nuclear-powered submarines, six attack boats, and six boomers, so nuclear propulsion for a carrier is well within the realm of possibility. So, all the while, China is bolstering a strong and masculine military, oh, and getting shiny new toys to boot, we're teaching our soldiers, airmen, and sailors about the proper pronouns. Yeah, I leave the gravity of the situation in your capable hands, folks. Moving on. Did you know that more than 75% of those raised in evangelical Presbyterian and Reformed churches don't pursue any kind of Christian higher education? That's surprising, isn't it? Well, Cornerstone Work and Worldview Institute is seeking to provide a new, exciting, and affordable option for Christians. Their mission is to build kingdom culture in the workplace by equipping their students in a Trinitarian worldview and vocational competencies. Their low-cost, full-time program offers integrative course modules, internships, and mentoring so their students can finish debt-free, which is big, folks, with vocational preparation, a robust faith, and financial potential to build strong, godly families and homes rooted in their communities and churches long-term. Visit their website at www.cornerstonework.org. That's www.cornerstonework.org. And by the way, they're going to be at our conference in Knoxville, Tennessee. So you get to see them there. Yikes, this federal stimulus program costs taxpayers $850,000 per job saved, study finds. Oh boy. President Biden's multi-trillion dollar stimulus legislation, the American Rescue Plan, may go down as one of the biggest failures in history. It has failed to, to produce the promised jobs, wasted countless billions, and worsened inflation. Now, a new study reveals yet another way the behemoth stimulus effort failed. Remember, the legislation allocated an astonishing $350 billion 
roughly $2,400 per federal taxpayer, to bailing out state and local governments. And the Democrats telling this money was necessary because local governments were cash-strapped from the pandemic and needed help to avoid laying off frontline emergency responders. This was always a lie because the expected state revenue shortfall never actually happened. Perhaps unsurprisingly, the unnecessary stimulus money sent to the state governments has proven laughably ineffective. A new NBER study by Jeffrey Clemens, Philip G. Hoxie, and Stan Vuger estimates that the program spent roughly $855,000 for every one year of employment it preserved. That's right. The Fed spent nearly a million bucks for every job they protected for a year. That's probably about 10 to 8 times as much as these jobs actually pay. Does it sound like an efficient use of taxpayer money to you? I think I know the answer. The experts also find that the stimulus initiative had a near zero impact on national income and economic growth and modest, if any, spillover effects onto the broader economy. Allow me to translate. The federal government wasted hundreds of billions of dollars to protect laughably few government jobs at a wildly inefficient rate with basically zero stimulative effect on the economy. And this one program isn't some exception. Many find other provisions of the massive stimulus legislation were similar, similarly inefficient and wasteful. But please, tell me more about how big government can fix the economy if we just keep giving them more money and power. Well, I'm speaking to the choir here with CrossPolitik, but you get the idea. Finally, let's shift to the topic that I love. Sports! Matt Fitzpatrick captures 2022 U.S. Open for first major championship. Neither Matt Fitzpatrick nor Will Zalatoris had won a PGA Tour event, let alone a major championship. Fitzpatrick, though, fancied himself as the player who had the edge this week, not just over Zalatoris, with whom he was paired with in the final group of the 122nd U.S. Open at the Country Club and dueled right to the scintillating 72nd and final hole of the tournament, but over everyone. As a teenager in 2013, Fitzpatrick won the U.S. Amateur on these very historic grounds, and he hadn't been shy about telling anyone this week that he felt that might be the difference for him. In the end, maybe it was. Maybe it was the slightest of edges he had over Zalatoris, whom he narrowly defeated to capture the U.S. Open for his first professional win on American soil. Fitzpatrick shot a final round 68 to finish 6-under for the tournament. One shot clear of Zalatoris, who shot 69 on the day. This has been your CrossPolitik Daily News Brief. If you like the show, why don't you hit that share button right now, or hey, sign up as a club member, as we're now creating exclusive content for club members. If you want to come to our conference, early bird pricing is going fast, end of June, I think. So go ahead and sign up at flfnetwork.com slash Knoxville 2022. And as always, if you'd like to sponsor CrossPolitik, email me at garrison at fightlafeast.com. For CrossPolitik News, I'm Garrison Hardy. Have a great day, and Lord bless.